Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm one of your regular hosts, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I'm bringing you folks another interview. Recently, I spoke to writer, producer, showrunner Eliza Clark about her new series, Why the Last Man, which is set to debut on FX on Hulu. For those that aren't big comic book nerds like me, Why the Last Man is based on a comic book series from the early 2000s by writer Brian K. Vaughn and artist Pia Guerra. The story picks up right as half of the world suddenly dies by an unexplained event that kills every person on Earth with a Y chromosome. However, there's actually one last person with a Y chromosome left named York, who is joined by his adorable monkey Ampersand. From there, you follow York's story as the quote-unquote last man, as well as the stories of various other folks that are left to pick up the pieces of a society that's turned on its head. In our interview, Clark talks about bringing the fairly complex story to life as we dive deep into what it's like taking a 60-issue comic book and adapting it for TV. You'd be surprised to know it isn't just as easy as using the comics as a big storyboard. Thankfully, we have folks like Clark who are smart enough to adapt it and make something unique. We also talk quite a bit about how the death of nearly every single person with a Y chromosome creates a bit of chaos when it comes to gender and systemic prejudice and oppression. Clark is clearly excited to play with preconceived notions of what it means to be a man versus a woman. And as she says, she's looking forward to blowing up all sorts of binaries along the way. But before we get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So without further ado, here's my interview with Why the Last Man showrunner, Eliza Clark, and make sure you check out the new series, which debuts on FX on Hulu on September 13th. Enjoy. Uh, I want to start at the beginning, really, of this project, because Why the Last Man uh, is a project that's been kind of bounced around for a decade or more now, uh, based on a comic from the early 2000s, very early 2000s comic, by the way, um, but good. And it is, uh, at one point it was a film, I think it was going to have like Shia LaBeouf attached, and then it was a TV show, but then the TV show went through multiple showrunners and casts, and then you come along, and you are inheriting... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, you come in and you steer, you, you, you're riding the ship, so to speak. So I'm curious what it's like to come into a project that has this much baggage, uh, for better or worse, and to turn it around and, and try to actually get this going? Well, well, there's a couple things. I mean, I I think that, um, you know, I can't totally speak to what happened before me. And I was very lucky that FX was, you know, said to me kind of come in and do your own thing. Don't, you know, don't worry about that stuff. Um, but, you know, I read the book 10 years ago was the first gift my husband ever gave me when we were dating. Um, and I, at that point in my life, I was a writer's assistant. I, you know, there was no world where I would be the person who would get to adapt the um, book, but I loved it and thought about it as a television show sort of 
you know, every time I went back to the book. And so, you know, I'm very grateful that it didn't get made into a movie and, it, and, that, and that it sort of took its time in getting to me because I do feel like it's the story that I want to be telling. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that totally answers your question, but well, I don't know, you know, like I don't have any of the juicy details. No, no, I'm not I looking for excited. that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not looking for the, the juicy details. I just find it fascinating because this is a, a comic that was incredibly popular. It wasn't like an underrated hit. It was a hit. It was one that fans have been demanding for years. It was one that Hollywood seemed to be psyched to make. And then it just kept stalling out every single time. So I just find it fascinating that finally you, like you said, 10 years later after reading it, you're, you're the person that brings it to life. Well, it's definitely, you know, it's a very specific tone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you've seen any of the episodes. Um, of oh, I have. The, oh, you have. Have you seen yes. six? Okay, I've seen great. through six. Yes. Oh, great. So, you know, I mean, it definitely starts in a place, you know, we wanted to go for the kind of realism of, uh, you know, I think it, that it has a sort of naturalistic quality and you are watching stuff that happens. That's, you know, pretty horrifying and pretty scary, but then it gets funny and the, you know, like the, the tone is, it rides this line of, of being um, aware of what is actually happening in the world, but also, you know, finding the humor and the optimism and the joy in this post-apocalyptic landscape. And I think that's like really difficult. I think it's actually insane that they ever tried to make it into a movie because yeah, it's it could, not yeah. a movie. Um, you know, and one of the things I love so much about the comic book is that it's not really about you know, what happened and why it's about the kind of belief systems that form around the thing that happened. Um, and I just can't imagine that a movie would be anything other than like, let's find the answer, you know, yeah, yeah. and just lose all of the most interesting parts of it. <laughs> it's true. And, it, and, and it's, you know, a 60 issue comic book series. This isn't like a, a five issue story. So yeah, the idea of making it into a movie is kind of bonkers, but uh, one of the uh, well, actually, I want to ask you, what do you think about this story made it so difficult? Is it the fact that it isn't about finding an answer and it's more about the world post-apocalyptic or, or what is it that uh, made this so difficult to adapt? I'm not, you know, I'm not sure because I didn't find it difficult. I found it, you know, expansive and, um, you know, there's, it, it, to me, the show and the book are about how, are about identity and are about how, um, you know, the systems that we live with that kind of conspire to inform our identities, um, you know, patriarchy and white supremacy and capitalism and cis heteronormativity and all these things that we don't think of as part of us, um, but that are, they're the air we breathe. And when something radical happens, there's like an opportunity for shifting and changing. And, you know, I think the characters are feeling the, you know, suddenly they're faced with themselves in a way that they didn't, you know, that they weren't before. And they have to kind of question what are the parts of themselves that came from, you know, from within and what were the parts that came from the world? Um, I don't know, you know, so to me, the story in the book has always been about character and always been about relationships and point of view. And so 
that's like the most fascinating thing to me as a writer. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't find it difficult. I just, I just feel like it's a huge landscape to play in and it has some like really exciting um, and potent and dangerous, um, you know, topics to cover. And, you know, I just got like the best people I could to, to go there. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. Cause one of the, uh, I don't know the timeline, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I can gather, you came in and there was uh, a few actors that eventually didn't stick around for whatever reasons. And you were able to recast uh, the lead role Yorick, as well as uh, I believe hero and, um, uh, 355. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, was that almost, I mean, not to, to throw shade on any actors before, but what is it almost a blessing to, to be able to, to put your stamp, not on the story, but also the people who tell it? Yeah. I mean, those actors who were in the previous version of the show were amazing. And there, again, there's not like a, um, I think they would have done a great job. Um, but, you know, a lot of time had passed. I had a totally different take on the material. Their schedules changed. And yeah, I mean, I think it was a blessing because the people we ended up with are exactly who I want to be there. You know, they are um, Ben Schnetzer and Ashley Romans and Olivia Thurlby, who are like the three, those three actors are just so completely those characters I mean they aren't but like they embody their characters so beautifully and I can't picture the show without them so yes I mean it was it was nice to be able to kind of um you know to have the opportunity to 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 cast them the way that I you know saw it in my head yeah and so one of the other changes I think uh, you can tell me if this was network change or your change was the title uh for a long time it was just why and I mean, that's an odd title for any TV show, but, but it went back to why the last man. And mm-hmm. when you watch the show though, it's very clear that this isn't about the last man. Um, this is about the why, the Y chromosome. So um, why the, the title change? And uh, do you think it's a bit of a misnomer? I mean, you know, the title change is a little above my pay yeah. grade. Um, you know, I think there's lots of reasons uh, you know, it's a very beloved property and it has existed for, you know, 20 years and people really love it. And, um, why is a letter and it's not Googleable <laughs> and all those things, you know, for me, I think the title is a question. I think it's, it's not, you know, I think, I think it's asking why him, it's also asking like, what is a man and what is a woman? And what is a person? Who are we really, um, is, you know, is who we are innate? Is it given to us? Is it assigned to us? Like, you know, I think there's just a lot of questions being asked by the title. And then to me, like the title was less important than that the world really reflect the diversity of gender and make clear early and often that gender and chromosomes are totally separate things. Um, you know, I think human beings like to create binaries and like to label things um, and label people. And uh, I think the show is trying to blow up binaries in all different kinds of ways. Um, You know, we talked a lot about escaping the binary. That's sort of like a touchstone we had. Um, Because truthfully, like the And, you know, the science supports it. And we have this amazing character of a scientist who can sort of speak to this, but, 
you know, she has a great scene, by the way, where she does explain that. It's my favorite. I mean, that's, I feel like that's like, uh, it's a great scene. Diana Bang is amazing. And then also like, that's, I think like my heart on the page a little bit, you know, like that's what the, it's so important that she gets the opportunity to say, you know, like I, the world is so much more interesting and vast and sex and gender and all of these things, like they're just way more variations than we allow for. And and, and part of what she's trying to bring back is the beauty of that variation and that diversity. And um, yeah, I mean, that was central to kind of my um, take on the show. And so to me, the title is like, you know, I, I hope it doesn't turn people off because I, 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 I accept the criticism of, you know, he definitely is not the last man. Um, but I think the show speaks for itself when, you know, like we really are asking questions about gender and not saying, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that he's not the last man. Right. So one more thing, just about adapting this before we move on, I, you got to help me answer the question of all the comic book fans that are like, she's given 60 issues and told to make a TV show. Why doesn't she just adapt each issue one by one into an episode? So why didn't you? Uh, You know, because I think they're different mediums and I respect the comic book medium. Like, I really think that the, um, uh, you know, and Brian and I have talked to Brian Kavon and I have talked about this and he, he's very, um, you know, I think for him, like, there's no reason to make an adaptation of a comic book. It exists. It's not a blueprint for a television show. Like it's its own thing. And, um, you know, just trying to translate it one-to-one, I think is not that interesting. I mean, it's not interesting to me as a viewer because I want to be surprised and delighted, um, by the world, but, you know, I think that people who love the comic book will see all the things they love. You know, it's not, I'm a fan of the book. So I'm not trying to like, you know, just take the idea and run in a, in a completely new direction. I think that Brian and Pia created this sort of beautiful landscape and all of these worlds that we're going to get to travel in. To me, part of what the adaptation does is just get deeper into, um, you know, if there, if some, if a story takes two pages in a comic book, it can take a bunch of episodes in, in, um, a television show because it can sort of get deeper into the character's heads. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like somebody said that to me early on and I was like, that is offensive. (laughs) (laughs) The idea that I can just like take it and be like, okay, let's shoot it. You know? Um, Yeah. (laughs) it's just it's something that it's it's not uh singular to your property either it's it's all comic book adaptations people are like but it's right here it's a storyboard just do it and and you know it's it's nice to hear like that's just not interesting and it isn't it would be boring well and it's also like you know I don't understand what you what a fan would like about that because it's like you have the thing you have the thing you love in your hands and you can read it anytime like don't um you know putting it with in live action doesn't make it better. Like it is what it is and it's beautiful and, and it's perfect. You know, I mean, it has lots of things that I've updated, but for yeah. its time and for its moment, like it, it, like people love it for a reason. So um, to me, it's, 
it's exciting to take the ideas and the characters and the relationships and even the worlds that were being explored in uh, that in the book and then take them into 2021 and the ideas that we are exploring right now. And I, you know, I think take it a little further. I mean, in the book, you know, the daughters of the Amazon, for example, like they show up fully formed six weeks later and hero is a part of them. And you don't get to know why or how, I mean, you see pieces of it because there's, but it's, you know, I was interested, like, how does that person get radicalized? How, you know, how does a group like that form? So it's not like, oh, I'm just going to go in a completely new direction. It's just like, I'm just going to get deeper in. So that's, you know. Yeah. So uh, about that, when you, when you have all this source material, what, how do you decide what is, uh, okay to delve into deeper and what's sacred and can't change brian is so is so generous as a creator like he i mean he and i had a conversation early on and you'd have to speak to him about this but like i think that he recognized very early in our relationship that i love the book and so i think he could feel i hopefully he could feel safe in that like i want to um I want people to see the book. Um, but, you know, so he, but he also recognized that he wrote it when he was 25 years old, 20 years ago. And it's like, not, I think he would say, it's like not his story anymore. And he wants, you know, he basically said to me, like, go with God, you know, take <laughs> it and do your thing with it, make it yours, um, which I really appreciate. And, um, you know, and I think because I love the book, he felt safe saying that. I mean, the other thing I would say is that one of the things I love so much about the book is that it is, uh, there's like a meta aspect to it. Like it's in conversation with pop culture and with movies. Um, It understands genre and plays with that. And I would say that the, the series does as well and is also in conversation with the book in ways that I don't think people who haven't read the book will recognize but that will I think tickle fans of the book yeah definitely um so about the story one of the things I found most interesting about this is how much of it is so current um for a for a book like you said it was written 20 years ago but it seemed a little ahead of its time even then but now you've you firmly placed it in the here and now with particularly the Diane Lane section of it where um for those that haven't read she's in her character's involved in the political side of the world kind of getting thrown on its head and it's there's you know there's all kinds of like liberals versus conservatives and and all that stuff that we see on the news so why why do you why did you expand on that so much and and was it just because you wanted to to bring it into the now well I mean you know I've I probably shouldn't read comments but I do (laughs) like one of the things that the writers and I grappled with in the beginning was this sort of question of like just because cis men die doesn't mean like what you know women and trans men and non-binary people like we can't handle it like we can't we can't we can't you know crack it um and make a great world i mean and and the truth is like you know the thing that hasn't changed from the book until now is that there are there's massive gender inequality in a lot of industries And so, you know, A, the event happens all at once. So the highways are choked with cars and planes fall out of the sky and like a lot of horrific kind of stuff happens because half of the world dies in an instant. Um, 
but also, you know, their women have been kept out of science in lots of ways, you know, there's, you know, in positions of power. And so all of that stuff remains true, but I wanted to get into the political stories because I wanted to see the people who were trying to fix it and, you know, who, who were, um, who were the people who were tasked with that, you know, on a grand scale. And, and I think what you see in that political storyline is that there are kind of like too many problems um, to fix at once. And Jennifer played by Diane Lane is, you know, trying to do her best to kind of uh, plug holes in the dam, you know, of problems that were, that were created before the event. So, you know, I mean, we live with crumbling infrastructure now, like our power grid is, is a kind of massive, complicated and like poorly constructed thing that requires constant maintenance because nobody kind of like took the time to make it right the first time. Um, so anyway, you know, all of that was, all of that led to us wanting to kind of see the people who were trying to put it back. And then, you know, politics, I think, are part of the ways, you know, one of those binaries that we, um, at least in America, that we really kind of, um, it's, it's like, it's tribal, like we, uh, we align ourselves with a party, and then it, it feels like sports teams a little bit, like, you know, it's part of our identity. And um, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I don't want to give anything away. But uh, I really got the opportunity to kind of explore different kinds of Democrats and different kinds of Republicans. Like I'm particularly proud of our sort of Republican swath of women. Like they're just very different from one another. Like there's uneasy alliances within that party um, as well, because, you know, there's like polarizing forces and there's dynastic, you know, kind of families and there's all of these things. um, I think, you know, And I was also excited to see characters who had gained a lot of power from patriarchy and from proximity to men. So, you know, Amber Tamblyn's character, for example, is, you know, very, uh, is desperate to kind of bring back a traditional patriarchal, you know, she identifies very heavily with the binary and gets, you know- She's profited from it. Profited from it, has been, you know- yeah. And, and her entire identity is kind of wrapped up in it. And um, I just find that really interesting. You know, I thought a lot about like that, um, the image, I think that was in the New York Times from the Women's March of the, you know, three white women on the on the car and they're looking at their phones and there's a black woman ahead, you know, in front of them with a sign that says white women voted for Trump. Like that is... Uh, I, I don't want to look away from the ways that, you know, people benefit from oppressive systems and that doesn't change necessarily be, uh, because cisgender men die. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, the character of Hero uh, goes through a, a pretty drastic uh, transformation over the course of the series. And in the comics, like you said, it, it's, a, it's a quick one. It's, it's like you turn a page and she's done. But this one, you really dive into it. And you also add uh, some extra characters to her story, expanding that, that gender profile a bit more. Um, what, ab- what about that kind of, did you just read the Daughters of the Amazon story and why? And we're like, oh, there's, there's more to it. Or was it just something where you're like, this, this is fertile ground. Like, I want to get into this. I'm just so 
I mean, I'm so interested in what radicalizes people. And so, and I think like part of what's so beautiful about the book is this, is the way that people form groups around what they think happened and why. And, um, and so sometimes it's fun to come upon a community fully formed and kind of learn its rules as we go. But in the case of, you know, of that group, it felt like fertile ground for a story. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the addition of Sam um, played by Elliot Fletcher is like, you know, he is this character who is an artist, um, a performance artist, a sort of a theater person. And he has, you know, he's at the beginning of his career. He's young, he's in his twenties and he's, he's trying to kind of figure himself out and then suddenly finds himself a, you know, a visible man in a world where there are very, you know, there are just fewer men. Um, and that's an uncomfortable sort of situation and potentially dangerous depending on where he is. I mean, it's very similar to the story that's going on for Yorick. Um, but also, you know, looking around at his world and thinking, you know, is there even art anymore? Like, who am I if I am not an artist? And, um, you know, and he has this kind of codependent relationship with Hero. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's exciting. It's like one of my favorite stories in the, in the show and their relationship, I think is so, um, beautiful and fucked up and, (laughs) you know, it's really good. I wouldn't go so far maybe just call it toxic, but it definitely has toxic qualities. Um, I mean, they love each other, but they're also like maybe going to destroy each other. Yeah. 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 One of the things about Sam's character I found fascinating because again, the book was 20 years ago and it feels like a lifetime ago, but uh, the whole, the whole trans identity thing has really grown leaps and bounds over the last two decades to the point now where seeing a trans character is still something uh, that should be celebrated on, on a TV show, but it, it is something that we are more familiar with. Um, but then to, to have the idea of like, oh my God, there's this trans man who has to be like, well, what about testosterone? Mm-hmm. You know, and that is, is, it's brought up quite a few times on the TV show. Um, was that always something you were interested in? You said you want to expand the binary, but having like a a prominent trans character go through things that, you know, you probably wouldn't think about it as a, as a cis person. I mean, I, um, I, it was always important to me that there be uh, a trans character as one of our series regulars, as one of the main characters. Um, because a, it's like, just, that's the world that we live in. Um, and I also, I mean, I also was really interested in exploring friendship and like what happens to friendship um, when something like this changes so radically, Uh, you know, and then I think it is really interesting. Sam's story is really interesting and the way that it mirrors Yorick's, I think is really interesting. And, um, you know, I think it turns uh, traditional trans narratives on their heads. I mean, you know, we've, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix documentary Disclosure, but it's a really beautiful sort of, I mean, it's hard to look at, but like the way that um, trans stories have been, have um, been shown in film and television for so many years, it's sort of centered around this kind of, you know, this moment of disclosure. And we are able to kind of turn that on its head, you know, after a certain amount of time, Yorick is assumed to be trans and, you know, he's being asked to kind of 
you know, answer for who he is in ways he's never been asked for, asked before, like being questioned and kind of putting a spotlight on him, um, which I find really fascinating. And then I also think the show is about, is about relationships and loneliness. And I think all of these characters are feeling the sense of, you know, like, am I the only one of my kind? Like, am I the last of, of me? And, you know, 355 is feeling like she doesn't know if the culprit ring still exists, which is her like spy organization. And, you know, Yorick, Yorick is, you know, am I the last cis man? Uh, I think, you know, Sam has to experience being the only man in this group of women who have like really been harmed by men. I mean, I think it's really um, potent and fascinating. And also Elliot Fletcher is a fucking amazing actor. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so just to wrap up, I'm curious now, because again, like we said, this is a comic book series that spanned dozens of issues and so this isn't one I expect you to wrap up in one season um so how do you come up with the 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 point where you're like this is season one and this is season two was that pretty difficult or or did you have like definite points in your head of oh this is where it is I mean there are touchstones in the book that I feel like you know I don't want to I want people to be surprised when we get there so I don't want to like give it away but you know, I think that I definitely had ideas about, you know, at what point in the story are we ending season one, um, two and beyond. And I, yes, the, the show should not just be one season. Um, I hope it, I hope it runs for years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be the new walking dead spinoffs and movies. And all that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I feel <laughs> like I, I mean, sure. If they, if they want that, but I, you know, to me, part of what I love about this story is that it's unlike a lot of post-apocalyptic stories. I mean, with no shade to the walking dead, like, I think this is, you know, it's, it's like, there's a big idea but it really is rooted in these people and uh, their stories. And ultimately I think has an optimistic view about human nature and the ability to change. Yeah, I, I, I joke with people that there's a spectrum of post-apocalypse. You've got Walking Dead on one end and then you have like Sweet Tooth on the other. And, and you are, are definitely more in the middle. Uh, it gets dark, but it's it's not without its optimism, which is which is nice, especially given the world today. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely do not want to watch a show about COVID. So, I <sighs> this is not that. Like, this is not an ongoing pandemic. It's an event, and then after that, it, that's where the story takes place. Yeah, so. yeah. But that first episode, though, is is hard hitting. It's hard. Sure. It's hard. I mean, you know, <laughs> can't, it. That's what happens. Half the world dies. Gotta see yeah. it. <laughs> all right well i want to uh, i want to thank you for joining me this has been great um nerding out over why the last man i'm so happy that it's finally coming to tv screens um and i've i've seen the first six episodes they're really good uh can't wait for the the rest and uh yeah it thanks for for finally adapting it finally. <laughs> thank you thank now you now you can tackle saga yeah, I I've like been asking Brian, like, so is Saga happening? And he like he won't give me anything either. He won't <sighs> eat Bummer. Yeah. At least we're getting paper girls. I mean, there's 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 some good stuff. That's true. I think Brian wants to finish Saga before it becomes a TV show, which I think is uh I mean, if or or if it ever does, but I think yeah. you know, I can't I can't imagine wanting to like have a television show nipping at my heels while I'm writing yeah. something. So yeah, we saw that work out very well with George R. R. Martin though, but yeah. <laughs> 
Well, but I mean, I, you know, I, I think that, yeah, that's, I feel like that's such a, that's, that gives me anxiety just to think about. Oh, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everybody watch Why the Last Man on FX on Hulu. Uh, it's great. Uh,